Welcome to All Angles Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hunt, and in today's episode, we are talking about copywriting tips for a photographer's website. Copywriting can be super difficult, especially whenever you're first starting out and you kind of have an idea of what you want to attract, or maybe you've been in this for a while and you're like, hey, I'm still not attracting the right couples. If that sounds like you, then this episode is for you. I have Rachel with me. I can't wait to introduce you to her, but ultimately, just to give you a gist of what we're going to talk about on this episode, we're going to speak about what copywriting is, why you need great copy on your website as a photographer, why our images can't speak alone for themselves, or can they? And just some common mistakes that Rachel sees photographers make when it comes to copy or design. We talk a little bit about social media and giving value in captions. We also talk about figuring out your brand voice and talking to that ideal client. Rachel gives us a few questions to ask maybe past clients. And really, she has a great takeaway for us at the end of this episode as the first thing that you should do if you are thinking about redoing the copy on your website. So without further ado, let's dive in. You are listening to All Angles, a business and photography podcast that truly hits on all angles of creating and sustaining a fulfilling photography career. Hosted by Claire Hunt, a former pediatric trauma nurse turned wedding photographer and educator. Every two weeks, Claire brings you tangible and actionable tips that help you improve your dream business all while providing you some encouragement along the way. For marketing, client experience, travel, content creation, productivity, and more, grab your coffee because we're about to hit on all angles of running your dream photography business. Welcome back to the show, friend. So today I have the privilege of speaking with Rachel Griman about all things copywriting for photographers. Rachel is a copywriter and a documentary family photographer in Denver, Colorado. She owns Green Chair Stories, which is a company that's committed to writing websites that get photographers booked. She believes cookies are a perfectly acceptable breakfast food, as long as you have some salad later. And she lives with her giant dog, her giant husband, and her currently little but probably soon to be giant babies and a bungalow in the city. So Rachel, (laughs) hey, thanks for being here. I'm so stoked for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am also stoked. So tell us how you got into copywriting since you're also a photographer yourself. So yeah, just tell us your story of how you got into it. Yeah, I was a photojournalism major in college. So writing and words kind of always went together in my head. They always made sense together. And then I worked in nonprofits for a really long time doing both writing and photography. And then I had a bunch of people from our church asking if I would take family photos for them back in 2014. And I was like, sure, I've never done that. Let's try it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. So I left my full-time job and I started a family photography company. That was going to be what I did at Green Cheer Stories. And then within a couple months, I had so many fellow photographers from all the Facebook groups I was in asking for help with writing just because it's just a real struggle for a lot of people. And it felt like the thing that I could contribute to these groups that I was in. I was like, yeah, I can help with writing. If you tell me how to be an LLC, you know, it was like changing, exchanging of goods and services a little bit. And then within like a year or two, it was like, I was just helping a lot of people. And so I formalized the process and very quickly copywriting took over (laughs) the photo side of my business. And I still shoot like past clients. Um, but it's almost all copywriting at this point. And we have a team of five of us who all work on the copywriting side. So 
Wow. That's amazing. Well, you're super Mm -hmm. great at what you do. And I remember reading about like the backstory behind the green chair stories name. So would you want to share that? Cause I remember it being really cool. Yeah, of course. So the name is very unique and I go back and forth whether I like it or not because it is very <laughs> interesting, but it takes a little explanation, which you're not supposed to do when you name stuff. But I, the last full-time job I had was at Denver Rescue Mission, which is like a very, very large, like they serve people experiencing homelessness through all different phases. They have like emergency shelters all over the city and they have long-term programs. I mean, it's a gigantic nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I was the writer and photographer there and we decorate our offices there with furniture that's donated because a lot of people donate furniture and families in need can come and get it for free. And so I walked into the huge warehouse of donated furniture and I saw in the back corner this like beautiful velvet green chair. And I was like, that's the one, that's the one I want in my office (laughs) because I did a lot of interviewing for that job. And so I knew I wanted something very comfortable and inviting for people to sit in when I was interviewing them. Mm -hmm. And so that's the chair that was put in there like across from my desk. And I had a, the whole marketing team was made up of other young girls in their twenties like me at the time. And they would come in and like cry about their boyfriends or about a fight with their mom or something. And the, it was a very moody lighting, like a lot of ambiance in that room. I never turned on the overhead fluorescent light. I had lamps everywhere and it was decorated kind of like a library. And it was just like a good setting for chats. The CEO would come down and talk to me about things and, you know, like almost like a mentor to me. And I had, you know, people that had literally walked in off the street who are experiencing homelessness sit in that chair and be interviewed by me. So just people from all these walks of life, every single time they would stand up and go, oh, there's just something about that chair. And it was just a, it was an environment. It was a whole vibe. And I realized that's the job that I left to start my company, which was very sad because I absolutely adored that job. Um, but I, it was a metaphor for my work that I wanted. I wanted everyone who dealt with me and my company to feel like they were sitting in that green chair, like there was no judgment coming from me. They could just be exactly who they are. And whether I was writing words for them or taking their photos, that's how I wanted people to feel. So, and it's through every iteration of my business, which there have been many in eight years, I feel like that has been the one constant that's held true. I just want people to feel extremely understood and known in front of me or even my employees. So yeah, yeah, that's the story. That is so beautiful and so fun because I mean, with copywriting too, like you have to really dig deep and get to know Mm. like yourself in that and like your brand and your brand voice and like just all of those different things. So I think it's really beautiful that you're like, I want them to feel like relaxed and like there's an ambiance, which is like the best kind of lighting and like a comfortable chair and all that. So that's so fun. If we could have had wine at work, I would have had it for them. Yeah. Hey, that's amazing. (laughs) Well, for anyone who is like, okay, I hear you talking about copywriting, like, okay, cool. Well, what is copywriting and like, why do we need great copy on our website as photographers? Yeah. So copy gets confused with content a lot. Content is the thing that you create when, and sorry, I'm answering a question you didn't ask, but content (laughs) is like social media captions, email newsletters, um, blog posts. That's all content. That's like kind of warming people up to who you are. It's what builds that like, know, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. Copy are the words that you use to sell. So this is something interesting that I've seen happen over the past couple of years. 
you know, social media used to be all content, but now social is really a selling tool now. Like it's quite a hybrid of copy and content because you can actually sell straight from your social media account, straight from your story, straight from a post because everything's clickable. So that is a gray area now where social media used to be all content. And now it's like, well, some of your captions might, like I've had reels that have made me so much money just because they converted well for my audience. That's copy. So there is a gray area there. And I want to be clear about that. But the copy is basically talking about your website, unless you do advertisements. That's definitely copy too. But if you're not running ads, the only copy you're really writing is the copy on your website. And a copy, your copy's job is to convert for you. It is to get you booked. And I always argue that your copy is not just to get you booked because then you would be saying yes to anything and anyone, but mm-hmm. good copy should get you booked by your favorite clients. It shouldn't just get people to hit the contact button or hit the buy button. It should get people who really resonate with you in your message, people you want to be hanging out with every weekend in yeah. your inbox. That is so good. Cause I know like for me, I have like mentorship sessions with a lot of photographers and they like don't know exactly how to word their site to like attract the ideal couples that they want. Like they get inquiries maybe, but it totally is about like how you're talking to the ideal client, which we'll definitely talk about more. Um, yeah. but like as far as content goes, since you kind of already mentioned that, tell us why our images like can't just speak for themselves alone or can they? Yeah. I mean, I talk about this a lot and I think I've gotten it wrong in the past when I've talked about it because honestly, like there's some people that they don't have a team. So they're only keeping themselves booked and they've been around for so long. They can throw up a gallery on a website and they're going to get enough inquiries to keep them happy. You know, like sometimes your images, quite frankly, do speak for yourself. But if you are in a saturated market and you have a lot of competition in whatever niche you're in, whatever area you're in, then you need words. Like you cannot just expect your Instagram feed to sell for you. People are not that special unless you have 500,000 followers and you can't stop the inquiries from coming in. Like you're going to need your words to pull their weight a little bit because people, the lay person, now I'm a photographer. I would be able to look at your site and another elopement photographer site and tell you exactly what makes you different just because I am one of you and I can look at two styles and tell the difference. Somebody who just wants great photos of their elopement is not going to be able to articulate in words why they like somebody's site better than another. So your copy Mm -hmm. needs to put those words in their mouth, help them understand why your images look the way they do, why they are drawn to them without saying I'm better because of X. That's not the goal. The goal is to say, talk about, you know, if you're somebody who captures connection really well, that's what you want to lead with. You want to define their relationship for them and make them go, oh my gosh, they're talking about me. Like that's me and my partner. That's the kind of wedding day that I want, or that's the kind of family shoot that I want, whatever you shoot. And you want to build that trust with them from the second that they land on your site. That way, when it gets into the nitty gritty of the features and benefits that you offer, they're already engaged. Yeah. You mentioned also like captions kind of pulling their weight some and things like that. And one thing I've always heard is like your captions on Instagram, like they don't necessarily have to like connect with your actual photos that you've got. Same thing for like your website. Like it doesn't always have to connect, but from your perspective as like a copywriter, how important is it? Like, for example, if we're like, oh, we love the timeless and like joyous and carefree vibes, but then you've got like superposed photos next to it that like, it doesn't match. Like what's your perspective considering that where it's like your photos and your copy kind of need to like 
have a connection, but also sometimes it's okay if they don't, for example, like on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. just tell us your thoughts about that. Since yeah, you that's it. a really good question actually, because I see that a lot on photography websites where it's like, you know, we're after candid moments. And the first one is them touching noses. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you do not touch noses. Like naturally, <laughs> yeah. like you, someone put you in that pose, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't claim to be one thing and then show another. Um, so you, especially on your website, you really want all of your images to support the experience that you are claiming to give people because that's all your copy is. Your mm-hmm. copy is a claim that you're making about yourself and about your work and about what you're capable of. So if the photos you're posting alongside it don't back it up, that's an immediate dis- like misalignment and people aren't going to yeah. trust you as much. But if there's a natural flow through them, I love that. So I think the mismatch can come in on Instagram like you're talking about if you're posing a stunning portrait of people that is like, you know, people are going to be blown away by this image, but then you have like, I don't like a fart joke in the caption or something. Right. That to me is showing personality and humor. And that to me is showing, not that you should do fart jokes on Instagram, unless that's your personality, (laughs) then go for it. But that's the opportunity to play on Instagram. It's low stakes in my opinion. You know, you're putting out content all the time. Only a small percentage of your audience is going to see it anyway. Like, and Instagram is to get your work out there. I would much rather your caption not exactly match the image that you're posting, but show your personality and get your work out there than people constantly posting like that light though, like as a caption. People don't want to read that. They don't care about that. No, not unless you have 500,000 followers, right? Then it's okay. Yeah, yeah. all of my rules don't apply to the people that don't need more inquiries. But most of us do, including myself. So like I'm not above it. And so anyway, I just feel like there totally can be that mismatch in a lower stakes environment like Facebook or Instagram. Does anybody use Facebook anymore for weddings? I don't think so, but I don't know. Who knows? I think I feel they like do. There's gone. a lot of people who do ads. A lot of people oh, do ads. Oh yeah. Ads like for Facebook and Instagram, I've heard is like the way to go. It depends on who you talk to. Yeah. I've never done it. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I think that's so good to just remember too about like your copy and your photos and kind of just the the design overall of your website like being a very aligned experience so that they can understand whenever a client does land on your website, like what exactly are they going to get and that it all makes sense and it's cohesive. So speaking of that too, like what are some of the most common mistakes that you see that photographers make whenever it comes to either like website copy or design? I mean, there's so many. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And I make them too. Like I'm not above it. And like the thing about mistakes with this stuff is that it's changing all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 years ago, it was so, it was a faux pas to have copy on your site. You know, you're a photographer. You just put up a gallery of your work and let it speak for itself. And that was like when Squarespace was like the only website builder that was easier than WordPress. Everybody had that Squarespace template of just a gallery of images and maybe a little about me blurb written in the third person and a contact page. But things change at the speed of light right now with what converts and what's making sense. Like video is more powerful than ever. And I almost think it's a mistake to not have some type of motion on your site. People are used to engaging in that way. Uh, We scroll all day long. People not having anything below the fold is a really big mistake. You want people, people are used to scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Their thumb naturally starts to do that, whether they've consumed what's at the top or not. Like if you look at heat maps, like if you download Hotjar on your site, there's a free version. I have it on mine. 
people almost always on mobile will scroll to the bottom of your site just to see how long it is before they go back up to the top and read. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. So if you don't have anywhere for them to go, instantly that screams outdated to me um, or to your site visitor. Um, A common copy mistake I see, that's a big design one. I say this all the time, but wasting your contact page. It is so, it's your last opportunity. You've done the hard work of getting them there. The whole objective of your entire website is to get them on that contact page to reach out to you. That's why the website exists. So when they land there and they see, I'm so glad that you're here. I'll get back to you within 48 hours. That is not selling anybody. And I know copywriters might disagree with me on this, but this is a hill that I will die on because I think it's one more opportunity to connect with them and to show them your personality and to say, hey, this is worth your time. It's another way to get them excited about hearing back from you because that is not the end of this journey. Like your contact page is the beginning of your selling journey. Once they're in your inbox, you have a, a big, big job to do to get them to sign on that dotted line. So the more excited you can get them to be to get that email back from you, the higher chances you are going to have in converting them to a real client. A client inquiring with you is the beginning of your selling journey, my friend. They've gotten to the point of trusting you enough to reach out. So now you have a big role to play because this is the start of their journey with you. I have created a freebie for you to start hooking inquiries from the very beginning. These are the exact email templates I use for every inquiring couple. And I just know they will help you get ghosted less and truly serve these couples once they land in your inbox. Check out the show notes for the link and the download will be on its way to you. Let's get back to the episode. What would you say is like necessary to have on like a contact page? Like instead of just being like, Hey, thanks for being here. Like I'll get back to you in this amount of time. Like what is the biggest thing that you'd say like is the best converter to have on your contact page? Yeah. So another mistake I see, this will tie in the home page people put the first thing is about them. It's like an intro. It would be like, hi, I'm Claire as like the first thing that they read, which I know that your site doesn't do that because I just looked. Yes. Um, (laughs) But like we can use your site as an example. The first thing people read is, you know, capturing you, the real you, the joy, the excitement, the laughter, the tears, capturing memories that are undeniably you to cherish for a lifetime. So that is like opening an idea. That's opening a loop in your client's brain. And they, we naturally want to close loops. So on your contact page, let's see what you have. I didn't check this. I know. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the deal. I couldn't be more honored that you've seen something here that resonates with your soul. Is the place you're wanting to tie the knot in the mountains, the backyard, the coast? This is not bad. This is specific. This is specific to your people. They're trying to figure out what they want out of their wedding day. That's totally fine. But I always tell people, if you can connect it back to whatever you opened with, that way when people come oh. to your contact, your homepage, if they only read that first intro and then hop to your contact page, you want them to be aligned. Yours is not misaligned. I wouldn't tell you to change it. Yeah. But if you can close that loop about maybe how you capture the real you and why they want those memories for a lifetime, that's going to feel like a complete circle in our, in our like monkey brains, you know? Yeah. We can't help but want to know the end of the story. So if your contact page can close that, I always say it should be really convincing, but not long. You don't want it to be long. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like I struggle with like writing a whole lot too. Like I'm very much Mm -hmm. a scatterbrained person and I can write for a very long time and it comes out like in a nice cohesive way, but it still is a lot. So whenever considering too, since you mentioned like writing a lot, how important is it to like only have what's necessary to be said 
versus saying everything and it just being overwhelming? Well, the design is really important for that because people don't read. People do read long copy. They don't read boring copy. So you need to be able to read it or have somebody else read it and be able to tell you where you lost them. Yeah. And copy's a test. If you put something out there and it's kind of a lot of copy or it's not enough copy and you're getting a lot of the same questions over and over when people inquire, you know, like, okay, I need to put more info about this on my website. Um, so I, like, first of all, you have to test your copy. You have to like experiment with it a little bit. It's never a static thing. You shouldn't write it and then it stays the same for seven years. But also when it comes to the length, if it looks too long, if it looks tiring to read, then it's too long. Yeah. You know, like, again, we have goldfish brains, like our attention span is so I'm scatterbrained too. So using headlines and buttons and visual cues to let people know that, you know, I'm not going to keep you here for a long time. There's nothing worse than going to a website and seeing a huge block of text that for looks sure. like a newspaper article. You're like, I'm not reading that. So if you pull out headlines that are bolded and then you move people down to a button that tells them where you want them to go next, those visual cues are much you have a much higher likelihood of them actually reading the copy. Rachel, you have just dropped the mic already so many times on this episode. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is incredible. I know people oh, are so going to get a lot out of it because it's really, it, yeah, you've just been awesome so far. Um, yeah. And I love too, like just what you said about like tying in your homepage to the contact mm -hmm. page, because that's such a big deal where like, you know, even just mine, if I were to change it and be like, I can't wait to potentially capture like your joy and your tears and like stuff mm -hmm. like that, where it does tie it together. I could see that in my head where it's like a story is already being created of like mm -hmm. the experience that they're going to get. Yeah. And that's super important yes, for it to that's sell. That's a huge tip. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, you just said go, something yeah. really, really important. People talk about their clients. Use the word you. Talk yeah. to people as if you're already working for them, as if they've already hired you. Yeah. You know, on your day, we are going to do X together. Like help them start picturing what it would be like to be in this relationship with you on their wedding day or during their session or whatever. You, when you use the word you, it pulls them into the copy and really starts them down that path. So you said yeah. it, but you are 100% right. <laughs> hey, that's so good. And one of my next questions for you is like, what tips do you have for figuring out your brand voice and talking to your ideal client? And like one thing that's super important with that, I feel like is, and I read this in your guide, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was like, talk more about like them also than yourself. And additionally, like talk to one person specifically, not like a you guys or a you all. It's like a you for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. tell us like what tips you have for figuring out your brand voice and how to talk to that ideal client. So there's this thing in copywriting called the rule of one. And I don't know who came up with it. I probably should. Um, I know Joanna Weeb talks about it a lot. She owns Copy School, which is like where all online marketers take copy classes. Cool. But the rule of one is that you're speaking to, you're having one idea to one audience um, and you're selling one thing. I really, really hone in on the one reader piece of it, the one audience. You want to define the one person that you're talking to. I have a hard time with like 
ideal client avatars because yeah. you're just guessing. And like, if they shop at anthropology, who cares? What does that tell you about them? Great. So <laughs> I, yeah. So I always tell people, and we actually do this for our clients. We interview their past clients. I say, give me your three favorite people you've ever worked with. And I'm going to get on the phone with them and I'm going to ask them why they said yes to you. If you can understand why people said yes to you, that's what you lead with in your copy. Yeah. So I then take those interviews that we do for our clients from the three clients and I create one reader. And then we write the entire website to that one person. We picture them in our head. We don't name her. Again, I have a weird thing about the client avatars, but it's like, (laughs) this is the one reader we're talking to. This is how old they are. This is their problem. This is their hesitation about hiring you. This is what they need to hear to say yes to you. And if you can write your entire site to one person, rather than trying to wrap your arms around as many people and clients as possible, the your favorite clients, when they land on, the, on that site, they're going to go, oh my gosh, she's talking directly to me. They're going to feel so special and so seen because everybody else's website is going to be very generic and mm-hmm. talking to a large group of people. But if you're talking to that one little piece of the segment, I know it sounds counterintuitive because you're basically repelling all the clients that you don't want to work with. So you think that it's a smaller pool, but I always use myself as a great example. I was terrified to just niche down into a copywriter for photographers. I was like, that's so specific. Yeah. I'm never going to get hired. What is like, I'm losing out on all this business from designers, interior designers, you know, all these other creative businesses I could be working with. And it's the best thing I've ever done because I'm trusted in this industry. Like there's very few people that are willing to say, this is all I do and this is all I write. And so people trust my expertise. So if you're willing to get really specific in who you're talking to, people are going to trust you more. Yeah. Let's say that there's a photographer listening right now who's like, hey, I love families and I also love weddings and elopements and like couples and that kind of a thing. And maybe I also love seniors because Mm -hmm. I have like mentored many photographers who that's the case. And I've always recommended them to like have different websites or mm-hmm. at least different pages that are mm-hmm. totally targeted to that mm-hmm. one audience where then that way they can do that. Is that also what you recommend? Yeah, that is what I recommend. I even take it a step further and say, I mean, two websites is ideal. A lot of people can't manage that because that's two yeah. separate brands, two separate accounts, all of that. Something I suggest is that you pick your either your moneymaker of all three options that you really like to do or the one that you really do love the most and you would be happy if that's all you photographed yeah. because people usually do have a favorite. Every once in a while they don't and then I'm like, you know what, we'll put them all on the homepage and you will be busy with all of them, you know, and that's fine. But in an ideal world, and usually it's weddings, if people shoot weddings and something else, they're almost always going to make the most money with weddings or they like weddings the most. And then, so I say, let's gear the entire website toward couples that might come to you. And then we'll have one page in the navigation for families. That way, if somebody does want to hire you, you have the information on the site, but it's not distracting from your ultimate money-making genre and niche. And then that website is like a mini website within the site on that page. Like on the families page, you have everything you've crammed in to the rest of the site for weddings, if that makes sense. Like you're going to have who you photograph, what you photograph, how much it costs, what the experience is like, and how to contact you. I mean, if you go to my website, I still have a photography page on there. It's only linked in the footer, but it's basically a site within a site. Yeah, that's kind of what I do too. And I've found through doing your copywriting guide, which we can totally talk about if you would like. (laughs) um, But through doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, like speaking to even a wedding couple versus an elopement couple, it's totally different. And Uh the wording is like so hard to figure out where it like attaches both 
things. So I had to create like basically a landing page, if you will, for like Mm -hmm. weddings and elopements where then I'm speaking directly to them where one is more so traditional, one is more adventurous. Like how do you tie that together? It's crazy. So yeah, I think that that's like a really good helpful tip of like you can do that if you need to, but also it's super important to just be able to be seen as an expert, even like you mentioned with copywriting for photographers. Mm -hmm. So It also depends on your marketing. Like if you have a marketing machine that's constantly driving a ton of people to your website, you might not need to separate it and you might be able to capture them. And it depends on your market. If you don't have that much competition, then don't make more work for yourself. But, you know, the elopement photography, especially here in Colorado, is very competitive. So you need to separate yourself in that way. So it just depends on what your goals are at the end of the day. And that's the thing I like to say. I have a lot I sound very certain and confident when I talk because I am, but I want to be very clear that everybody has different business goals. And if my advice does not serve your business goals, please do not take it. Yeah. No, that's so good, Rachel. Oh my gosh. Yes. hundred percent. Drop the mic again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So whenever you mentioned about like, you know, talking to that ideal couple loosely using that term. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whenever you speak to like their couples that they've worked with that have been like their favorite three, what are some questions that you feel like are the most helpful with determining like, hey, this is what this couple really loved the most about working with you. So this is how we're going to talk to them on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to turn that back to you. So that's in the guide. Like I give you the questions to ask people, did you do it? Yes, I did. Did you call past clients? Yes. Okay. It was so very I have uncomfortable. An... <laughs> I know it is, but was it helpful? It was very helpful. Yeah. Okay. So what was, what's something that you learned that you used for your copy in those conversations? One thing that I remember asking was like, what did my photos like make you feel when you came across them? That was a huge thing. Um, and then also there was one, I'm trying to remember what it was of just like, okay, but clarify, but not their photos, your photos when they first encountered you, that's really important. Yes. Yeah. Not their photos. The ones that they saw on my website where it was like, okay, what did they make you feel? Like, what were you attracted Mm -hmm. to about that? Um, I also asked like, what were you attracted to about my personality that you could sense? Because I feel like that's a huge thing as well of like, you're going to be with this wedding photographer all day long. Like they're going to be up your butt pretty much for the Mm -hmm. entire wedding planning process, especially if you help with like timeline or locations and stuff like that. So like you want to make sure that you really connect. So that was something that I remember asking that was also super helpful of just like, they felt really served by me. They felt like everything was on my website was very informational and they like knew what to expect really well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that really helped me a lot for sure. Yeah. So that's exactly what I would say. You're focusing on the before and a lot of people will tell you to focus on the testimonials and which is still important. Look at your testimonials and see what themes come up. But most people in the testimonials are writing about the result, the after, how they feel after they booked you. But everybody who visits your website has not worked with you yet. So you want to find out what's attracting people before they hire you. So if you call your past clients, if you talk to them, if you just send them an email, you want to really dig into what they were feeling when they landed on your site you know, how, what other websites did they look at? What frustrated them about other websites? What got them excited? So even knowing what your competition is doing well is very helpful to know. Mm -hmm. Um, But why they decided to reach out to you, like what did they read or what did you say on Instagram that made them say, we're going to contact her? Because then you can start pulling that thread of what your favorite clients are attracted to in you that's already naturally there. 
That's so good. Would you say like also look at, for example, on Instagram, um, like look at your captions, like which ones have done really well and like what's gotten the most likes or engagement? Like would you say even looking at those kinds of things would help you determine like what you're doing really well that would attract your couples? Yeah. I mean, I'm afraid to talk about the about social media because I'm not an expert at all. And I feel like the yeah. Instagram algorithm changes every five seconds. It does. But <laughs> I mean, if you have one post that did wildly well, it would be worth looking into about what the content was, like what your caption said. And, you know, if you tried to engage people on it or if it happened naturally, but it's hard because some, especially reels, like stuff goes viral yeah. for dumb reasons, I think. So literally, this is how in mom mode I am. As soon as I said that, I was waiting for my four-year-old to be like, mommy, did you say dumb? Um, <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, I like almost corrected myself because I thought I was going like, to get yelled oh. at by a four-year-old. <laughs> She's not here. What is wrong with my brain? Anyway, that I do think so it's funny. a duh. Like, I think viral videos, there's really no rhyme or reason to them sometimes. So yeah. I wouldn't put too much stock in them unless it was like people are commenting about how much it resonated with them and using the cap or their comments to tell you, you know, why they like this. I just feel like it's usually like LOL, crying face. Like that's for not sure. going to be super informative, but it's worth looking at for sure, looking at data and analytics. I'm never going to say that it's not, but the more real conversations you can have with your real clients, the better your copy is going to be. And Gen Z specifically hates it when I say that because I know they hate the phone. <laughs> I'm a millennial and I hate the phone, yeah. but the next generation is really done with it. So you can email people if you must, but if you can like even take a client out for a beer and say, Hey, can I just talk to you about this and record the conversation on your phone? Like you'll be so surprised at how much you learn about yourself and your business and about what you should be saying and communicating. Yeah. So my next question for you would be like, as far as your website and Instagram, for example, and like just having great copy and all of those kinds of things. I mean, I know on Instagram, we're not talking about this on this episode, but um, like hashtags and keywords and stuff like that are starting to be like super important, even in Instagram captions, which is really cool. Um, as far as like, you know, copywriting, how much of a balance do you think there needs to be there of like, stuffing with a bunch of keywords that'll like get you found on Google, but also seeming like genuine and not just like your keyword stuffing. So like, do you guys do a lot of keyword research for your uh, clients with copy? So we don't do keyword research. We do have an SEO strategist on our team and that's like an add-on service that you can pay for and she'll help you, she'll research keywords for you and give you blogs that you can write and stuff like that. Um, and like, explain to you how you should name your photos and why and on what page. Like that's a very detailed service that we offer. But for yeah. just the copywriting, most of your SEO is going to be built in cornerstone content and blog posts. Mm -hmm. Like very rarely is someone's homepage going to rank, you know, Denver Family Photographer. Like yeah. if you if you have a new website, there are people that have had Denver Family Photographer for 10 years at this point. So now that's why blogs are really important because this cornerstone content, you can rank for specific keywords that not as many people are searching, but you can get up to the top for that. For venues, you know, especially as an elopement photographer, you know, different parks that you photograph in, different spots, that kind of thing. Um, so that's not something that we really do, but we can. That's cool. I love that. And I feel like too, the websites that I have seen that are very like keyword stuffed where they do rank for like number one is Colorado Lumen Photographer and it's like their homepage. You go to it and you read it and it's just like Colorado Lumen Photographer, Colorado Lumen Photographer. Yeah. Like over and over and over again. And it's very like, uh, 
I don't know if that's a good thing necessarily. Yeah. And that's quantity over quality. I would much rather yeah. – and like I'm never going to sit here and say Google's not a good marketing strategy. It absolutely yeah. is. We get a lot of leads from Google. But I think you have to weigh what you would like. There's so many ways to market your business. And if Google makes sense to you and that's a fun thing for you to do as a business owner, I say go for it. But – I am much more likely to find more organic ways to market myself because that's more fun to me. And yeah. business should be fun. And yeah. if you have your hands in too many pies, fingers in too many pies, what's that saying? Then you're not going to be able to do any of them very well. So I say pick the two streams of marketing that are working the best for you and that you enjoy the most and go really hard there. Because if you try to do it at all, you're not going to do any of them well. Yeah. And that goes for the saying too of like not putting all of your eggs in one basket, but still making sure that at the same time you're doing two of them really well and focusing on that. So for my last question, if someone had to take away one thing from this episode, what would be the very first thing that you recommend when it comes to creating a website that'll actually get you booked? I would say don't build anyone else's business. It's so easy, especially for photographers, because it's so saturated. There's a million of you. I do not say that to be discouraging. I feel like I said that four times, and I do not mean to be discouraging because I think it's totally possible. I think there is room for all of us in this, but you're never going to make space for yourself if you're always looking at what other people are doing. Because if you look at someone else, and this is something that I've really had to learn, like defining success for myself looks a lot different than like my main competitor. Like their life is different than mine. Their finances are different than mine. They live in a different place. My business does not need to look like theirs for me to deem myself successful. And success is a personal definition. Yeah. Who cares what anyone else thinks? <laughs> like I think at the end of the day, that's what I want all of my clients to walk away with is that like if you are true to who you are on your website and you are true – then you're going to attract clients that you want to be working with and you're going to make the money that you need to make, not the money that they're making or the clients that they're booking. And I was just talking with another photographer recently. I forget who it was, but she was saying that she thought she needed to be this very high-end luxury photographer. And that was not her style at all. But she thought, well, if I'm going to be successful. This is what I have to do. And for years, she built her business that way and was not satisfied, was not making money and wasn't happy with her business. And as soon as she embraced who she was, a very colorful, vibrant, lively photographer, her business exploded and so did her level of contentment. And so... I know it's so hard because people are really loud about what they book and how much money they make and how great their life is and what their business can afford them to do in their life. But if you can constantly come back to how you visualized your life in the beginning of when you started a business, sometimes success is being able to go work at a coffee shop on a Wednesday. Sometimes that's all you wanted. And if that's what you're doing, you need to know that it's enough. So not pursuing someone else's dream. I think this is me like verbalizing the life lesson that I'm learning right now, but that would be like the one thing and it will totally bleed into your website copy. Yeah. That is so beautiful. And I literally feel like I was part of like being a recipient in your velvet <laughs> green chair um, because yeah, this feels like a therapy session for me too because it's so <laughs> important. I mean, it you is. know, like we all see, I mean, even if you just think about travel, like that's what I'm feeling Ugh, so heavy yes. right now of like, I just went on a huge trip and it was insanely stressful. And like, as much as I love travel, I'm like, holy crap, like I don't think I want to do international weddings right? because that was a lot. And like, yeah. you, know, you think about having someone else's wedding 
setting and like that's sitting on your shoulders and you have to be there and like things go wrong. And like, even if that's just travel around the States right now, it's wild. So just thinking through those things, like you can change your mind too about your dream business along the Mm -hmm. course of your business. Um, So yeah, that was just like a beautiful invitation. I feel like that you just gave all of the listeners to like, Hey, like be yourself, like whether that's in how much you want to travel or what you want to pursue or the website copy that you create, like it doesn't have to say for the wildly adventurous couples, like be yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. And other people's glamour doesn't have to be glamorous to you. Yeah. Like I like, I have two little kids. Like I like staying home and being able to kick up my feet at night. Like travel is not part of my life right now. I wish it was, but it's not. And I need to realize and recognize the beauty of what I am able to do in my season of life. I cannot compare myself to people without kids. You know, like that comparison game, guys, it'll get you. It kills you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kills all of your joy. It really does. It does. It does. Man, well, you just gave us even more than just a copywriting chat. So <laughs> I'm so thank glad. You. I just was so really much. preaching to my own little brain. <laughs> I love it. We all need that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, where can people find out more about your services if they've listened to you yeah. and they're just like, I need more of this like velvet green chair relaxation <laughs> and they may want to outsource their copywriting or use one of your guides. Tell us about all of your offerings and things like that. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram all the time. It's just at green chair stories and then greenchairstories.com. We have a massive website with so much information yes. and it's eight years of free content. So if you are in the, I need free lady phase of your business, I on Instagram and on my blog, you've tons of free information. Literally just go there. But if you are in the, I can pay for a little bit of something, the guide that Claire was talking about is a DIY guide for photographers. It's like a 60 page guide that walks you through how to write your website by yourself. This is great for people who are in the earlier phases of their business. Maybe you haven't kissed enough frogs yet and you don't really know who your ideal client is and who you really want to be working with. This is a great, it's a like $199 investment. So you're not wasting thousands on a site that's going to change a year from now. So I highly recommend DIYing in the beginning. I will not take your money if I do not think you are ready. <laughs> so that's a great option. And then we have audits for people whose sites are working well, but maybe it's not converting as highly as you want, or you're not attracting the clients you want. The audits are a one-on-one option with me or one of my associate writers. And we basically go through every single review that's ever been left, your whole social media, your whole site. And we hop on a call and tell you where the site could be better and how to write it better. And we give you lines of copy, but we're not writing it line by line. And then we have the full copywriting package where you can hire me or one of my writers and we'll write every single word of your site for you, except for the blogs. That's on you. So, (laughs) but, and that is for people who are further along in business. They're ready to outsource some things. They know who they are, who they want to work with. They just don't want to write their site. Yeah. That's so good. And you're so talented. You can go to her oh, website thank you too. So much. And literally just see like, it even helped me to kind of see like before buying your guide, like mm-hmm. even $200 at that time last year, I was like, oh, am I actually going to do this? Is it actually going to help me? And I think I saw like some websites that you had done and I was like, oh my gosh, these are incredible. Like, I feel like I actually know who this, you know, photographer is and the kind of Mm -hmm. couples that they really want to work with. So I was like, okay, purchase, you know, and I'm so glad. So I for sure recommend it to any photographer who's kind of like, I somewhat kind of know what I want, but also I need some help getting to that place. And then I'm willing to write myself. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'll give your listeners a 15% off code. So just angles 15. Amazing. Well, there you go, guys. Yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> and there's email templates in there too that it'll work for if you want to buy the email templates. 
Perfect, which that's amazing too, to be able to draw your people in. So thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you just being here today and giving us so much encouragement and just real tangible tips as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, that was the episode, my friend. I hope that you also feel like you were able to just absorb everything that she put out there. I mean, copywriting, like I said at the very beginning, can be very difficult. And even just having like a DIY copywriting guide that I used myself made it so much easier for me. So if you do want to check out either that or some email templates that Rachel has, all of the links will be in the show notes and description for you, as well as that discount code. So be sure to do that. And if you are enjoying the episodes, the podcast, I would so love if you would leave a five-star review that helps me get this podcast out into more listeners just like yourself. So I would really appreciate that. And I hope that you guys have a fantastic rest of your day and thank you for being here and listening in until next time, my friend.